football podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Dennett, Dental <laughs> Denny, what's going on, buddy? Uh, you, with that introduction, you just reminded me that I haven't been to the dentist in like two years. Same, same. And I, it's going to be like, a disaster. I feel like the dentist is going to the dentist is one of those things that you just don't do during a pandemic. I'm, it seems, you know, not ideal, you know, right. to, to be, to like have your mouth open with somebody right over top. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's not my, my favorite thought, but it's been a good excuse. You could say it's a pandemic. What do you want me to do? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause going to the dentist is not a fun thing. You know what else is not a fun thing, Denny today. Yeah, what's that? Okay. So let me, so let me just give you guys this picture a little bit. So we, 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 the, the, the grocery store here in the Charlotte, greater Charlotte area and in North Carolina and elsewhere, it's up in DC. You'll see some is Harris Teeter. That's, that's the one that we go to all the time. As my mother-in-law calls it, Harry Teeter. <laughs> I, I don't know why I keep asking her, do you know Harris personally? You're right. right? Uh, yeah, exactly. She uh, just or, or, or the teat, the teat, uh, the teat. <laughs> this is a family so- show. So when the pandemic started, my wife and I did the $5 a month thing where and it's like very inexpensive. It's like less than a hundred dollars a year, like a hundred dollars a year to order online and just get them picked up. Right. You don't have to go in the grocery store or anything like that. And oh, so, right. so we decided to go that route. And, and I mean, even if the pandemic ended, I would still do that because grocery stores are terrible. And so I was going to pick up groceries today at, at lunch. And so I get in my car, I start driving. And I live, I, I moved houses as, as we've talked about, uh, I think we've talked about, but I live in, I live in Davidson, North Carolina now. And Davidson is a college town. This is where Steph Curry went to school and it's a college town. It's a really cute, like quaint town and I'm driving. And so like, you know, it's, you've got like shops everywhere and restaurants everywhere and stuff like that. Um, and I'm driving in, in downtown Davidson. And a lot of kids are moving in. I think, I think that's what was going on is that it's the start of the school year. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting in traffic and I had to make a left turn onto the main street in Davidson. And there was someone who was going off like a side street that needed to turn left into my lane. And so I was like, yeah, go ahead and get in front of me. I'll be a good person. And so I let the, the woman go in front of me and we pull up to the light and she's one of those drivers that pulls up like 15 feet before the white line. Ugh. And not only that, I feel like when drivers do that, it's one thing, but then when they do that, when there's traffic, because you're, yeah. all you're doing is pushing that line back further, right? The traffic, I know. Line. it's so tilting. And so I'm waiting there for the, for the light to turn, the light turns green. We make the left onto the main street and there's a spot, a, a, a parallel parking spot right there for her to park. And of course, she stops her car and it pulls into the spot, takes her forever to parallel park. And then I missed the next light oh. because she parallel parked. And it's all because I let her, uh, let her get in front of me before that first light. So I have to ask you, Denny, mm-hmm. do you think that road karma is a real thing? Because I feel like every time I do something like this, 
something crappy happens like that. I think long term, Ooh, okay. it could, it, it, yeah, it could be a thing where, you know, it didn't pay off today. In fact, it backfired tremendously. Um, but, you know, maybe next time that you're in a tight spot on the highway, other highways, I don't know. Uh, and, you know, it, and you need to get over for to an exit, maybe someone will let you in because of, because of your that. of your decision today. That that's my my only positive spin on this. But mostly my my uh, advice would be never to be nice to anybody on the road. You're right. So so instant karma, not so much of a thing. By the way, I will say this. We, we drove to Pittsburgh last month and on the way back, it's like a seven hour drive and we have a toddler. So it's not the most enjoyable situation and scenario oh. that you can think of. And so we're driving back. We are literally two miles from our house, literally two miles. It's a 45 mile an hour zone. And I was going, I, what I thought was like 55 and I got pulled over. And oh. I don't know if you recall, but I have yeah. never gotten pulled over oh. in my life. I never remember. In my life. I'm 33 years old and I have never gotten pulled over. Holy so cow. I, I pull I pull into this neighborhood. The officer comes over and he's like, do you know how fast you were going? And I was like, I'm going, I thought I was going, it's like, I thought I was going 55 and he's like, well, you know, it's a 45, but I had you at 60. And oh. the, the crazy thing is he was going the opposite direction and he did a U-turn on the road. What? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty intense. And so really? So, yeah. So I said, so yeah, apparently be careful for that, but, but, but hear me out. Listen to this. I said, I was going 55 in a 45. He, he saw in our car. I mean, my wife was in the backseat at this point with Avery. And like, you know, Avery's watching her iPad or whatever. And my wife's back there just like hanging out with her because you have to keep a toddler occupied on a seven hour trip. And my, the front seat just filled with like wrappers and snacks and stuff next to me. Right. Yeah. And, and so I'm sure he saw what was going on in there and thought something, but then he goes and he runs my registration, comes back. He gave me a warning. He, he thought that I was going 15 miles an hour over the speed limit and he still gave me a warning. But I think what, what happened was he felt a little compassion for my situation and then he also knows that I could have owned him in court because he was going the opposite way. He didn't clock me. Also, you look like his nephew. Yeah, I think. <laughs> and yeah, that, that, that's how I, I, I always used to get out of tickets. I just look like everybody's nephew. Yeah, um, exactly. And uh, not everybody's, I guess. But so the that's good. I don't understand how a, a police officer can turn around after coming at you from the opposite direction and tell you how fast you were going. That doesn't make any sense. Also, it, I, I would kind of understand it if you were going some unbelievable speed, some Correct. unconscionable speed. If you, if you were clearly going a hundred miles an hour in yes. a 45, I would get the police stomping on his brakes and being like, Oh, hell no, this kid's right. not getting away with this and going after you. But 60, I mean, yeah. even if you were doing 60, not, not the craziest speed it's, it's in a 45. It's, it's, a, it's a back road. Like it's a two lane. It's just, you know, one, one lane on the one side, two lane road. And is that a two lane road? What is it? Is a two lane, a, a two total lane or is a two lane, a two on it, one side? Situation? It's unclear. It's not, we're going to need, we're going to need road Twitter to get involved yeah. in this because I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm very unclear. <laughs> very, very unclear. Uh, but it, it had one lane going the one way and one lane going the other way. And it's a little bit windy. So when he went by, I was looking in my rear view and I could see him like do like a very, very quick U-turn where he probably had to do like a three point turn in the middle of this road where you're going 45. Wow. 
Like he wow. likely had to do that because it's not that wide. You know, it's not a situation where you can, right. you have a lot of space. Did and you, so, can I ask you about the feeling that you got? Oh, did you have jelly legs? Yeah. Oh man. Anytime the, the adrenaline yeah. feeling that you get. Oh, oh. And when like, when, 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 even when you're speeding on the highway and you go by a cop, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's that feeling, but like just, just Your stomach drops. Yeah. Exponentially worse because you know that he, you know, almost factually that he's going to be coming for you. The only thing that I thought was, well, maybe there's like something crazy going on around here, but I live in like an area where that, you know, there's not going to be like insane things going, you know, it's not like a, a, a metropolitan downtown area where there's right. just like stuff going on all the time. And so I figured <laughs> that when he made that U-turn, like it was me, he was coming for me and that feeling. Yes. Everyone who drives knows that feeling. When you, yes, when you know, you know, and honestly, the, in my experiences, the adrenaline rush is, is like, it's as if you're in the wilderness and a bear has spotted you and a bear, the bear has then begun sprinting after you. That's it's similar because you're, I know my legs get weak, like, like jelly. My heart is racing. I, my, my pores are opening on my, on my face. (laughs) I mean, it's a, it's a, it's quite a, quite a rush. And then you come down from it afterward. You come down from it and you feel, I, at least I feel horrible afterwards. Yeah. So it's a, I, it's I was, a, I was like, sick. I was like sick the rest of the day. Yes. Yeah. All around. Very, very bad experience. I don't recommend it. No, especially, I mean, imagine going through that after li- quite literally finishing oh. like a 400 plus mile trip and like, you're, oh. you're finally done. You think that you're about to unpack your car and then this cop comes after and look, I can't even hate on the dude because I got away with a warning and it's fine. It was fine. And I'm very lucky. Still, I, I have, I have been pulled over, but I've never gotten a speeding ticket. Still never owned on the road. Still never owned on the road. Anyway. All right, Denny, we are going to talk about some players who have good early season schedules that you might want to target in your drafts. Um, before we do that, how, how is everything going over at uh, NBC sports edge? No longer Roto world. That's right. That's right. Never heard. I've never heard of Roto World. Um, we are NBC Sports says things are going fine. You know, besides Pat Doherty, uh, either threatening to or actually firing me every other day. Um, it is it is good times. We have a lot going on. I just recorded the uh, you know a good football show podcast for this good Thursday. Um, we have our draft guide available right now for people who are either about to draft or drafting at the moment. Um, it has tons of features, including projections. We have positional tiers, even for you IDP weirdos. We have we have positional tiers for for IDP, which I just I'm just amazed by. Um, it, we have wide receiver report, running back report, uh, ADP trend report. It just go down the list. Lots of stuff. You get a lot of bang for your proverbial buck. Check it out on NBCSportsEdge.com. I feel like we could do a, a like a, a an entire section of this podcast and segment on things that people who play IDP like like what they're like in real life, like the things that they do and the behaviors that they have. I just figured that they they all live uh, in the woods, like in a shack, you know, and they like have huge beards. And for some right. reason, I think of them as all blonde, but I think that 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 might have to do with Joe Redman. Yeah, uh, yeah. being an <laughs> IDP guy. So I, Joe Redman <laughs> so on, on Twitter, one of my good buddies on Twitter, uh, you know, big IDP guy. Uh, he has colored the way I see IDP people. Uh, very not, you know, not well adjusted. Sorry, Joe. Yeah, I, I feel like they just like eat hot dogs without buns, and they like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. 
they're super very, weird, they're very, right? They're very, they're very paleo. I would say. I, I, I would assume. I mean, I the, the 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 time the time that you have to put into it is off the charts, and this it comes from two people, two guys who put ungodly you know hours into into understanding the offensive side of of fantasy so you you throw in the defense those are special people yeah all right let's uh let's start with quarterback we're just going to talk about quarterbacks and defenses the target the tight end position you know i i should preface i would not go into a season aside from defense assuming that you're going to stream uh we've said this every year you should always be going to find the late round quarterback what have you um but especially now i mean the quarterback position has definitely changed a little bit easier to go after an early round quarterback. I've talked about that all off season on the late round podcast. So um, if you guys have any questions about that, I can direct you to a lot of shows that I've done on that topic. Um, I don't think streaming is going away necessarily. Um, I think that you guys can still listen to this podcast and at least have some fun and get some ideas. But I do think that it's a lot easier to get a high end quarterback or, you know, a, a decently high draft capital quarterback uh, in today's game. But with that being said, Let's talk about some quarterbacks first that we think uh, are decent, either week one options, maybe mm-hmm. even through the first three weeks, what have you. Denny, why don't you kick things off? Yeah. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who is probably not going to be drafted, definitely not going to be drafted in your 10 team league. Um, probably not in your 12 team league either, unless you have a bunch of weirdo league mates who are drafting uh, two quarterbacks for whatever reason. Um, but he has, maybe the best week one matchup at Houston. Uh, the Jaguars are three point favorites in, in Houston, by the way, incredible that a, just a garbage team like Jacksonville can be a three point favorite on the road. Uh, 24 point uh, implied total for Jacksonville. So the Texans were a bottom five secondary in almost every category last year. They gave up the fourth highest yards per pass attempt uh, in 2020. We continually you know, just targeted them uh, with, with streamers. Um, they, the Texans have no notable additions to the secondary this off season pro football focus has ranked the Houston secondary uh, 24th headed into the season. So you have all that going for Lawrence and you have a little bit of, you know, Konami code upside. Uh, you know, he, he wasn't shy to leave the pocket and scramble at, at Clemson. Um, and I don't think there's much reason to, to think that won't continue uh, into the NFL. So, uh, I think enormous floor here for, you know, Lawrence and probably the whole Jacksonville offense. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to go not with a more traditional streamer like you did with Trevor Lawrence, but this is a player who I'm going to make the case for drafting Jalen hurts right now. Um, obviously we got the, the rushing upside with hurts. Uh, he's dropping in drafts now. Uh, I think a lot of that was driven by the Deshaun Watson news, which is understandable. You know, if you don't want, especially in like a best ball format where you need those quarterbacks to basically play the entire season as starters. But I will say I, I love Jalen Hurts still in redraft. Um, and a lot of this has to do with the fact that number one, he averaged like 23 fantasy points per game last year uh, while he, when he was starter, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's a good rushing quarterback, but that's a big deal. If you look back since 2011, there's been 27 quarterbacks with 500 or more rush yards, which by the way, Jalen Hurts was pacing for like over a thousand last year during his starts. Yeah. Uh, but there's been 27 quarterbacks with 500 or more rushing yards since 2011. 20 of those finishes top 10 quarterbacks in fantasy football. Wow. And so we're looking at a situation where if Jalen Hurts is the starter for the entire year, you should feel confident that he's going to be probably, let's just say that the quarterback position is a little bit more competitive this year. 
top 13, top 14 quarterback that you should feel, feel confident that that's going to happen. Now, the other thing that a lot of people will point to, and they'll say Jalen hurts is a crappy passer, which not wrong. If you look at last year, uh, clean pocket numbers, 39 qualified quarterbacks, according to pro football focus, he was 34th in passer rating in a clean pocket. Now, Carson Wentz was worse than him. So it could be situation-based a little bit. Um, but yes, we need to see improvement through the air, but here's the thing. The through the air numbers could be fine to start the year because Jalen hurts gets Atlanta in week one. And then he gets San Francisco, which according to pro football focus, if you look at their, their rankings, the, the secondary for San Francisco is not necessarily the strongest point of that defense. Uh, Dallas, which is one of the worst Kansas city, which is beatable and Carolina. Those are his first five games. And actually you could look beyond that. Uh, none of those teams ranked higher than 18th and pro football focuses secondary rankings, but you can look beyond that. He doesn't have a single, or he only has one bad matchup according to those rankings through the first eight weeks of the season. And so you could really just draft Jalen hurts and probably get a QB one through the first half of the season. You know, if they, if they make a change uh, to, you know, if they get to Sean Watson or whatever, and Watson somehow to f- able to find a football field, which would be horrible optics at this point. Uh, you know, if Watson somehow is their starter the second half of the year, you're still getting something from Jalen Hurts right away. Um, and so I, I think that he's sort of like the quintessential now, like later round quarterback pick. I, you know, on my players to target podcast that I did, I talked up Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill because I think both of them are good values just in general this year. But Jalen Hurts is right there too. And then obviously you got like Justin Fields and Trey Lance, but uh, don't sleep on Jalen Hurts because of all these rumors. I, I still think that Hurts is a really, really good value in fantasy drafts. Uh, and, and then, you know, you can always replace him with Joe Flacco when Flacco is installed hey, as don't, the don't talk, Philadelphia don't, Hey, Do you see this right behind me, Denny? I put the Flacco head in my bookshelf. Yeah, it's, it's decapitated. It is. That's, that's all Avery's doing. But yeah, oh, okay. she was like eight months old and she just like snapped his head off. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I, I do have a a funny feeling in, in my stomach about Nick Sirianni not really loving Jalen Hurts all that much. I, yeah. I, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said. Obviously, all those are good points. But look, I, look, yeah. I get yeah. scared. Jalen Hurts is someone that I would not – I've seen him go so early in Dynasty startups this offseason. I am not investing in Jalen Hurts in Dynasty at all. I, I think that there's a very real chance that, you know, we obviously – are going to emphasize rushing from a fantasy perspective because it matters so much in fantasy at the quarterback position. Passing doesn't, I mean, passing matters, of course, but not to the same degree. And when you get this combo where you're going to get some baseline through the air added to that rushing, then you're going to be a very viable fantasy quarterback. But in real football, the the rushing component is not nearly as, as highly sought after and looked at as the passing component, right? And so if the passing component doesn't improve, Jalen Hurts is not the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles in 2022. He's just, he's not, he's not going. to. Oh, be. I, I think there's very small chance that that, that, that would happen. Right. Um, I, I believe that Nick Sirianni will look for any reason to put Joe Flacco in there. If, if Hurts struggles, I mean, Hurts was playing almost into the second half in the first preseason game. That, that, that can't be good. Yeah. Yeah. Look again, the it's, this is all about the investment and it's a minimal investment in redraft, I think. And if he, if he doesn't pan out, which can very easily happen, that's fine. But I think that if you were guaranteed Jalen hurts would play every game for the next five years or something like that, then people would look at him as a top 
six or seven quarterback in fantasy just because of For what sure. they can do athletically. All right. Yeah. My, my next guy is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think there's reason to believe Tannehill can be an easy plug and play every week starter in 12 team leagues. He starts the season in week one against Arizona, uh, high scoring, well, potentially high scoring game, uh, 51 and a half point uh, over under. That is the third highest total of week one. Um, you know, there's some indication I uh, wrote a piece, a Derrick Henry piece, uh, I think last month, where I talked to a couple Tennessee beat writers uh, who said that the addition of Julio and the uh, loss of Jonu Smith should change, you know, the, the, the way that the Titans operate on, on offense, especially using more three wide receiver sets, fewer two tight end sets, and perhaps more throwing than we're used to, than we're accustomed to um, for, for the Titans who under Arthur Smith's uh, leadership was, uh, you know, they were, I think the second or third uh, run heaviest team when you looked at um, a neutral game script. Uh, so we, we could see more, you know, more dropbacks for Tannehill this year, which isn't necessarily a great thing, but it could, it could be solid, uh, you know, for his overall numbers. Uh, he also comes obviously with rushing upside. He's had at least four rushing attempts in 13 of his past 24 games with the Titans. And he has nine, an incredible nine rushing touchdowns over that, that stretch. He does, uh, you know, take off from, uh, you know, take off on the pocket when they're near the paint. So uh, you could definitely do worse than Tannehill, but uh, you know, our, our buddy Rich Trebar is very bullish on Ryan Tannehill, which makes me very bullish on Ryan Tannehill as an every week starter, I think this season in, in 12 team formats. Yeah. Tannehill is my QB eight going into the year. I have him ahead of Aaron Rodgers, actually, which people wow. were very upset about. Look, man, like Aaron Rodgers is QB eight usually. And I have my QB nine, right? But I, then I wrote him up as a player to avoid on ESPN because on ESPN, he's going as QB five. Oh, right. Wow. So like, no, I'm not drafting him at QB five. And I wrote a, wrote it up and people are like, you're just trying to be contrarian. No, no, I'm, I promise you. I'm not, I promise. Did you, you have you considered that Aaron Rodgers was the QB one last year? Yeah. Did I, have I, have I considered that he won MVP? Did I, remember I, that? I don't know. You, you might want to look into that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of MVP, but Super Bowl MVP, man, that was a hell of a transition. That was good. Uh, Tom Brady. I'll just yes. be quick with this. Look, I don't know if Tom Brady is the best draft pick in the world. I, I don't think that he is in most leagues, especially home leagues, casual leagues. He's probably going to go earlier than he should. You know, he had the third highest touchdown rate of his career last year. He scored 40 touchdowns. He threw for 40 touchdowns last year, and he was still like the QB 10, QB 11 in points per game. Like what, what does that tell you? Right. Like, like, do you think that Tom Brady is going to be substantially better statistically uh, than that? I, I would say it's, it's tough to bank on that. Um, and so I don't think that he's the best season long target in the world, but he gets Dallas and Atlanta in weeks one and two, you cannot find a better week one and two schedule than what Tom Brady's going to get. So I don't like like Mike Evans this year all that much. Sorry, Denny. I know he's your boy all the time. Yeah, uh, no, sorry. I don't love Mike Evans this year. I love and I, I loved going after Antonio Brown, but but I don't love Mike Evans. I don't love Chris Godwin. I don't love Tom Brady uh, because I, I think there's going to just be general touchdown regression coming to that passing attack. Um, but those first couple of weeks, they're going to get off to a hot start. So I'm not as strong with that stance of saying avoid these guys just because 
they might appreciate and value after the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm out on Evans at ADP for the first yeah. time in my life. Um, I was going to say adult life, but I guess that goes without saying. You know, uh, he he's going in the fourth in 12-team leagues. I honestly, I might take Evans in the fifth round, maybe, but probably I'd have to have him fall further than that, which is just, it's just not going to happen. So, and you laid out a great case on the late round podcast the other day uh, against, against Evans. And it kind of, you know, solidified, confirmed my priors, which is the only kind of fantasy an, uh, analysis I, I like. Of course. Of course. Um, all right. Uh, my last quarterback here is uh, Sam Q. Darnold, the uh, third. It, it's a revenge narrative here. The Panthers and Darnold are playing against the Jets. That's all you need to know, honestly. Yeah, no, I'm just that's kidding. it. Uh, the, 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 Jets, the Jets were just wretched last year against the pass. They gave up the third most adjusted fantasy points to quarterbacks last season. Like the Texans, uh, the, quarterbacks, the quarterbacks were very efficient on a per-pass basis against the Jets. Uh, the Jets are just one of three teams to give up a completion rate of over 69%. Nice, nice, nice. And uh, Dar- Darnold is in case you didn't notice, surrounded by a pretty good cast of uh, pass catchers, led, of course, by Dan Arnold. Yeah, naturally. But but seriously, look at Dan Arnold. And, and, you know, the the Jets' secondary is probably going to be slightly improved this year just because of the the coaching and the general, uh, you know, lack of dysfunction like they had last year. But I think that, well, Panthers' stacks will be very popular, I think, week one. Uh, DFS tournaments. And, um, and I think Darnold comes in here with a, with potential to really get, get off to a good start uh, with the Panthers beyond that, uh, you know, maybe get back to me later. So I, I, I'm assuming, I mean, I, I know that you're up on the news and stuff. Have you only been reading positive things about Terrace Marshall? Yes. I, I cannot fathom. I said, I sent this tweet after the draft happened or, or while it was going on. I cannot fathom taking Tutu Atwell and Dwayne Eskridge over Terrace Marshall. It was like, what are these teams doing? And everyone sits there and they're, and I understand these guys have not played a snap. That's how, how confident I am in this general stance, right? People say that we can't criticize these front offices because they know so much more about football than us guys. I'm telling you right now, Terrace Marshall is a better football player. And I said this Mm -hmm. at the time and it's not even close than both Dwayne Eskridge and Tutu Atwell. And it was a massive, massive mistake to let him drop as far as he dropped in that draft. I can't believe that Atwell, Atwell went before Marshall. Atwell went before Terrace Marshall. Terrace uh, Marshall was a like a five-star recruit out of high school. Right. He comes into LSU, has a you know mediocre rook, or freshman season, and then his sophomore year, he's competing with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And through the first four games of that season, before he hurt his foot, he had right. comparable numbers to those guys. Un- like that's un- unreal. And then last year he opted out after seven games, but his first seven, he, he was, he was great. He was, yes. a gr- he was great. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, I understand there was like a foot issue and like, you know, that was medical it. concerns and stuff or whatever, but like you, at some point you have to realize that like the ceiling is way more important than getting Tutu Atwell. Uh, honestly, the, the the Rams are terrible at drafting. Just just the worst. They're and, terrible, yeah. And, 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 you know, imagine Marshall on the Rams. That'd be fun. That'd be good. Sure. 
Sure. Uh, I mean, it would be insane to think about that team, but like with, with Terrace Marshall, like here's what's going to happen. I've been, I've been like ranting about this for like three months, four months, but like Terrace Marshall played the Justin Jefferson role, his final year at LSU. He played the slot. He was like almost exclusively a slot guy. He played on the outside in the perimeter of sophomore year. We know that he can play everywhere. Just like Justin Jefferson, everyone's like, oh, he's a slot guy. No, he's not. He played everywhere in college. Whenever he came out, everyone thought that he was going to be a slot player, but he clearly is not. Terrace Marshall is going to play the slot in year one. And it was always going to be that because you have two perimeter, mostly perimeter wide receivers and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. I alluded to this on Twitter one day and people were like, well, DJ Moore's a slot guy. No, he's not. DJ Moore yeah. plays like 15% of his snaps from the slot. Robbie Anderson's a slot guy. No, he's not. He plays like 30 to 35% of his snaps from the slot. Who's going to play the slot most often is what a slot player is. And that's Terrace Marshall. Juju Smith-Schuster, slot wide receiver. You know, Keenan Allen, he plays like half of his snaps from the slot. No one's going to say that Keenan Allen is a slot receiver, right? right? right. That's like the max that you're going to see from a good wide receiver who can play everywhere. That's like the max slot snap rate that you're going to see from an elite wide out. Terrace Marshall, hear me out right now, folks. Terrace Marshall, slot guy this year. Robbie Anderson's gone next year. Terrace Marshall has a shot. And I love DJ Moore. He has a shot to be just as good as DJ Moore production-wise in that offense. Yeah, there's there's no reason to believe that Moore is the like will be the unquestioned number one receiver in that offense next year. Next year, I would say. Right. Uh, with, with Marshall, with Anderson leaving and and Marshall stepping up, perhaps and and uh advancing but uh i think people's definition of slot receiver sometimes literally means a guy who has played one snap in the slot position right it doesn't make any sense like that's not what a slot like like cooper cup is a slot receiver right or 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 like i said juju smith schuster is a slot receiver because we don't want those guys to mostly i mean especially juju we don't want juju to really play on the perimeter that often he hasn't been very good in the perimeter and so it makes sense to get terrace marshall a rookie to play in the slot where he played his final season at LSU, where he's going to get softer coverage, it's going to be a little bit easier of a transition. It makes total sense to throw him in there for like 60, 70% of his snaps in his rookie year. And I'm not saying like, first off, I'm not saying this is a guarantee. I'm just saying this passionately because I get so tilted over like these small nuances, like you're saying, Denny, like this, like, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. oh, he's not a slot receiver because he, but like DJ Moore is not a slot receiver. You guys, he's not a slot receiver. He might look like one to you, but he's not a slot receiver. He plays in the perimeter. Yeah. I think that's what it is. If someone, if a, if a guy looks like a slot receiver, then they are. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But it's just not what DJ Moore has basically seen his slot snap rate drop year over year in the league because he's getting better and better and he's playing on the outside more. Anyway, this that was a giant, giant uh, rant, and uh, we got away from our topic here. So I'll talk about the last quarterback on our list. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. If Trey Lance starts right away, I mean, you should be drafting Trey Lance everywhere. He's like my favorite quarterback this year. Um, but if Trey Lance doesn't start right away, uh, the 49ers get Detroit and Philadelphia weeks one and two. Those are the 30th and 25th best secondaries in football, according to PFF. They're going to be favorites. It should be a decent game script, decent amount of points scored for San Francisco. Uh, so Jimmy G is not a terrible option in that scenario, but he should be an option only in deeper leagues because I would be much more inclined to, you know, uh, draft a guy like Jalen Hurts or something like that and just yeah. have that player than have to play someone like Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah, that 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 sounds that sounds gross, except for like if you're, you know, pretty deep league. Yeah. All right, Danny, let's go to defense. All right. 
who do you have first defense all right i'll go first i can go first thank you uh i can see him going through trying to pull it up i'm scrambling to find my list very very impressive podcasting there uh i'm just gonna go with carolina versus the jets in week one carolina's defense is not that bad they improved it in the draft um they are facing a rookie quarterback they're four and a half point home favorites and there's a 43 and a half point over under. So the jets have a really low implied team total. Uh, Carolina's at home. I, I think that they're in a really good spot. They're, they're a, a defense that no one's going to be thinking about in your draft. Um, they're not my top defense to target, but they're, they are a streaming defense. You can get in the final round. The Niners uh, play Detroit at home to, to start the season. And then they play the Eagles in week two. Now, uh, I, I know that there's some, I feel like there's some weird optimism about the Lions offense right now on Twitter. I don't know. I mean, they could have a good offensive yeah, like line, randomly. I guess. Yeah. But, you know, let's get real. Uh, the, if if you can, if you can get the Niners in the last round of your draft or second to last round, just do it. And then, and then roll, roll from there. Because I think you're, you're set for week one. Um, you know, as we just talked up, you just talked about Jalen Hurts, and, and and he could be good for fantasy, but extremely inaccurate. And if game script goes haywire against the Eagles, you know he's going to be dropping back, uh, throwing into awaiting uh, San Francisco secondary. Uh, so you could do way way worse. And the Niners, if they don't struggle through apocalyptic injuries like they do every year, seemingly, uh, you know, could have a, a defense that sticks around that, you know, just becomes a defense. You feel comfortable playing week in and week out. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just double dip with this, this next one uh, okay. because it's the same game. You could go with Denver or you could go Denver faces the giants. So it's Broncos giants. You could play the giants uh, for that week one game because there's a 42 and a half point over under uh, Denver, I believe is a one and a half point favorite in that game. So it should be low scoring in close. Sorry. I just got that, that like burp feeling you know what i'm talking about whenever you're talking hey i farted you burped it's just yeah, it's fine it's fine now we have burp gate uh but i at least admit it denny you don't admit it i never i've never farted so. uh so, so denver though is a defense that if you can get in like like i'm cool with getting denver in like a deeper league in like this third to last round or second to last round or something like that um and just be ahead of of the curve a little bit um in drafting a defense even though you know i know that that's like uh you know, something that you don't do in fantasy football as a rule of thumb. I'm not saying you take them in the 10th round or 11th round. I'm saying like, if you have a 17 round, 17 round draft, get them in like the 14th or 15th. So Denver, the first three weeks of the season, get this, Denny, they get the giants and Daniel Jones. who we know has, has tiny hands and fumbles. Uh, They get, (laughs) they get Jacksonville and Trevor Lawrence, who's a rookie. And then they get the jets and Zach Wilson. Denver also has probably the best secondary in football going into the season. Um, and they, I mean, they, their front's fine too. It's, I mean, it's good up front, especially, but Denver's defense could end up being one of the best defenses in the league. So they're going to yeah. be favorites in those games, or at least, you know, ha- have them be close. Um, and, and they're facing these inexperienced slash Daniel Jones quarterbacks. So I am very into just getting Denver. I think I got them in the apex league actually. That's a good, that's a good pick. I, I, I really like the Broncos. I was actually just today uh, talking with John Daigle on NBC sports edge, a good football show uh, about the Broncos being our most targeted 
defense late in drafts um, as, as a, as a defense that could emerge as just like an every week kind of thing. Um, so definitely on board with that. Uh, we have the, the, the chargers listed here as our last possible streaming option. I don't feel, I don't feel great. You know, they, they, they're one, they're one point favorites right now at Washington. Uh, we, we know that, uh, you know, West coast teams playing early games on the East coast have a tough because they, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning for them, um, technically. So that, you know, I, I don't, I, in, I'm not sure I'm, I'm totally on board with the chargers. I would definitely put them, you know, as like a, as you know, like a borderline streaming option, but with the, with, with Fitz uh, and his, you know, up and down ways. Um, I think if, if game script gets, gets difficult for Washington, uh, it could be, it could be good for the chargers. Definitely agree. So to recap, we got the chargers, the giants, the Broncos, the Panthers, the 49ers, and then a quarterback, we have Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, obviously if he's starting Sam Darnold, Ryan Tannehill, Tom Brady, Jalen hurts and Trevor Lawrence. Denny, we got some questions from Twitter. Mm-hmm. First one's from at Didymus. Mm. Obvies. Denny is clueless, even though his new corporate HQ is right next to the WWE building. But does JJ like slash watch wrestling? Does he know who the Miz is other than as that real world guy? Okay. Okay. So back in the day, I used to love me some wrestling. I don't anymore. Do I know who the Miz is? Yes. From the real world first. Do you remember, did you ever watch the real world back in the day? Uh, I mean, in the early 2000s, it, it, that wasn't when he was on, right? Yeah, he was on. He was on one of the early, is, is Mike. Uh, he's like, I, I mean, that's very generic. He's a, he's a, he's a white guy named Mike. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. The white guy named Mike and with the good hair and the, and the chiseled jawline. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he would, he would have the persona of the Miz on that show. And then it ended up being, now he's like a WWE like champion and stuff. I'm Right. He was on, he was on our show today. Was he on your show today? He was on the uh, he was on a good football show uh, talking talking about fantasy and the Summer Slam, I believe. Oh, the the Summer Slam, yeah. Is that is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah, it's just you said it, you said it sort of like how a how a mom would say the yeah, the Paneras right. or something like that. All I could tell you is that Summer Slam is on the Peacock app, so you can stream it there. Yeah, so I've actually I, yes, I know who the Miz is. I played in a league with him before, actually. Oh, nice. I'm in, I'm in a, a guillotine league that he's in. Um, but yeah, the Miz seems like a cool dude. Was he, was he nice? He was, he was very nice, very, very knowledgeable. I mean, like legit had like good takes, um, and, uh, you know, very energetic, yeah. uh, very high testosterone. I really appreciated him on the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's super, he's got, he's got an insane amount of energy. It seems like at least from like all the shows that I used to mm-hmm. watch that he was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question is from at goat waddles. Uh, which is most important to a successful marriage? This is a question. It says, it was a question for JJ slash Mike Davis. <laughs> it says, number one, agreeing who should drive on long trips. Number two, agreeing which direction to put the toilet paper on the roll. Number three, agreeing what direction to put silverware into the dishwasher. Uh, what do you think? I, I, I personally am infuriated when my wife puts, uh, uh, you know, spoons or, or, or knives the wrong way, which is, which is to say, you know, the, the part you eat off of is sticking up yeah. out of the dishwasher. That's incorrect. Right. Well, here's the thing. We have solved all three of these things in our marriage because number one, I'm the one who drives on all, all road trips. And, and this Me is too. just, 
this is just the way that it is. And I, I like it. And she likes it that way. So it's, it's perfect. Right. So I'm, I'm always driving on long road trips. Number two is agreeing which direction to put the toilet paper on the roll. Guess what? I'm a wipes guy. I'm not a toilet paper guy. I'm a wipes guy. Okay. So solve done. Number three is what you're talking about. Agreeing what direction to put the silverware in the dishwasher. My wife works for an appliance company, a big one, and we get really cool appliances and ours has the third row for silverware up top. Have you ever seen those? I have. Wow. You guys are fancy. So we have that. And so we don't have to worry about like, there's, we've never, this has never been in discussion. It just doesn't matter. Our dishwasher is from roughly 1992. Yeah. Uh, so it, we it does. You we, do have, we can hook you up, Denny. We have to, can you, yes, please send me one. Friends immediately. Discount. Um, yeah, but uh, we don't agree on which way to put the, 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 the utensils in the dishwasher. That's infuriating. I'm, I, I drive uh, on, on long trips and we, we both prefer it that way. Uh, and, and then uh, what was it? Oh, oh, toilet paper. Guys, I don't know. I don't know about toilet paper. Like, I don't know which way I'm supposed to put it. Why, do why does it make a difference? Because you can't, ha- you can't have it go against the wall when you pull down. Why not? Oh my God. What are you a psychopath? I don't, I mean, it's not it's got, that it's, difficult. It's got, but it's just like, it's, it's annoying. It's more annoying it, when it's that is way. It? It, yeah. You got to have it the other way where it's resting down and it's not against anything and you can just pull <clears throat> and get uh, an appropriate amount of squares off. You know, you get, if you're, or you're not a one square guy though. Right. I mean, we've, what? No. We've talk, okay. Okay. We've talked about that. I just want to make sure. I I'm, I'm a 90 square guy. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. I, 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 I single-handedly advance climate change every time I poop. Look, I'm telling you though, I'm telling you it, once you go wipe, you never go. Trying to find I mean, I, I like, I like me uh, a, a wet wipe. Have we had them in the house if, since the kids were babies? No. The white wipes are good. There's very, there's a lot of flushable wipes out there that you guys can go with. And I'm telling yeah, you, you don't, it's, it, 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 you don't need a bidet. You can just get wipes. Yeah. I mean, my, you know, we have bidets and I refuse to use it because I'm not French, you know? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> At Bethany L. Peters, how do you know when you've joined too many leagues? How should you go about politely declining even ones you've already committed to? If you feel you cannot fully commit or participate in the way your league mates expect. Oh yeah. You, you just have to say no at some point. I I've said no to 10 leagues over the past three weeks. Yeah. I don't say no, which is the problem. But uh, part of that's because I'm not confrontational enough. Part of it is because I'm, uh, I'm an addict. Um, But, but I will say, I, I will say that you need to be honest and truthful with yourself and what you can manage because no one likes someone in their league that is not paying attention and, and, and keeping track of their team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially, yes. Especially if you don't think you can, you know, give it your all, I guess, or even something close to your all, then, then don't, then don't join. And you can say that. I think people appreciate that honesty. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, Bethany Q Peters, the ninth. Yeah. I understand that you can't, you know, you, you tell me you can't pay, Full attention. I appreciate it. I'll find someone else. Yeah. And that's what all of her league mates call her too. Exactly. Her, exactly. her formal name. Well, that's uh, her name. Yeah. Next question at Chris underscore Riley underscore FFB. What house chore do you actually enjoy doing? I love hmm. the feel slash smell of clean laundry. 
No, laundry's the laundry's awful. The laundry might be the worst chore to do. What are you talking about? The lo- the the smell of it. I mean, that that it could be the greatest smell ever, and and it and it can't compensate for being the worst chore. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's a horrible chore. I would rather do pretty much any other chore. I'd rather clean the toilets than do the laundry. Yeah, give me the I, toilets I, all day. Yeah, it's quick. It's quicker. It might not be entertaining and fun, and it might, but it's way better than sitting there and folding your laundry and doing that yeah i mean i guess if i enjoy what i don't mind like swiffering yeah mine is mine is mine is the dishes and maybe it's because we have a fancy dishwasher yeah of course (laughs) no it's it's, i i actually find it like it's kind of soothing to do the dishes and and to put them in the dishwasher and 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 really you know i I, it's 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 like it's adult tetris right whenever you open up that dishwasher and you got to put all the plates and stuff and and organize it properly so that it runs properly. Uh, so this is this is where our brains are different. Why? I I, I embrace uh, randomness when loading the dishwasher. Oh God, we could never be <laughs> married. We can never be married, Denny. <laughs> Man, what does Mike? What does Mike Davis think of that? Uh, he doesn't like it. Melissa absolutely hates it because she she's a lot like like you. She wants things in order. There's a way to do things. You know, and and you so you guys are on the same page but, with that. But um, you know, me, I'm like, eh, this probably fits. Sure, why I'll not? Say, but and here's, it, go ahead. Sorry. And I'm not moving anything, by the way. Once it's in, it's in. I'm not moving. I the thing is, I feel like the way people think that I am in real life is totally different than what I am as a fantasy analyst because they see like this like incredibly processed show. And, you know, all my, my, uh, takes are very like middle of the, uh, very real and not like just throwing shit at a, sorry to the kids at, a, at the wall. Uh, like, like, so I feel like people have this idea that I'm like this very like organized and strict and got to yeah. do, got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. That's, yeah. that's actually not my role in my relationship. Really? I, I, my, my, if there is a if there is a comparison of my marriage to any like television show marriage, it is the uh-huh. modern, modern family, Phil Dumphy and Claire Dumphy marriage. What? Yeah. I don't believe that. I, I 100% that's what it is. No, man, that's me and, and Melissa. No, 100%. You can, you can ask, JJ. Any, you can ask anyone who knows me. That is not my role. That is not what I do. I, I married an engineer, Denny. I know, man, but you're not Phil Dumph- Dumphrey or whatever his name is. I, I, I wish, I wish people saw. You're not as absent-minded. You're not absent-minded at all. Okay. But, but the, okay. I agree with the (laughs) absent-mindedness. I agree with the absent-mindedness, but the, the personality traits are similar. All right. Because I I don't think that the, I don't think that the absent-mindedness is what he is per se. It's more of like the, the, who is the stricter. Uh Uh-huh more put together of the two in the relationship and definitely not me. Uh, I, I believe that. I yes, believe definitely I, not I, me. I have seen, I, I've gotten a, a sense of that in the, in the limited time that I've spent uh, with you guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, Melissa often will use the line from modern family when I'm doing something she doesn't understand. She'll say, what's the plan, Phil? Right. You know, right. because she literally has no idea what I'm trying to do. Right. So, so I think a lot of people can draw comparisons to that relationship because it's a very like, like yin and yang type situation. Right. 
I, 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 I'm not one who's like, like, oh, we're the, we're the Jim and Pam. No, no, that's that's not, that's not what's going on. All all, all I'm trying to paint here is the fact that like, I am, I'm a lot crazier in my day to day than how I come across on like the late round podcast. People then like hear me on this show and they're like, oh, I had no idea that like you had that much enthusiasm about like, you know, non-football stuff or something like that. Or like that you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm not a robot people, not a robot. He's not. I also, not, I, I can, also, I also love magic. You love magic, which is uh, again, it, it's amazing that you're married, uh, considering considering the fantasy football thing and the magic thing. Yeah, but usually that's the thing, though, and I'm sure you run into this too with your marriage dynamic. Is that when you meet other couples, a lot of times you're more like the female to the to the other couples that you meet, and then your wife is more like the male. Yeah, but you know what though? When, when it's when it's more like traditional, the the roles, it's not fun, right? I, I mean, I'm it's, not disagreeing because we're no, in, no, no, in the no. same spot. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I know you're not disagreeing, but like when you when you meet a, a very traditional couple where like the oh, dude yeah. is on top of everything and like plans everything, and you know, and 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 the wife doesn't doesn't really have a role in all that. It, it can be like, unco- it's uncomfortable. It's yeah. just uncomfortable. Like that dynamic doesn't feel, doesn't feel good. You can't like joke with that dynamic, you know? Right, anyway. Right. So also, also the, the planning aspect is a very, very big reason why I can draw the parallel that I'm drawing because yes. I, 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 the, I don't do any of the planning. None. Like oh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm awful at it and I, I'll screw it up and I don't want to, but my wife is so good at it. And so that's, that's it's so, that's so great. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't plan anything. I no. mean, I can barely plan my own, my own day to day. Right. Right. All right. Next question. This is from at P Zantello 40. What is the official living the stream take on unicycling? What? Yeah. Give us a take, Denny. Uh, right. Uh, let me, let me just pull a unicycling take out of my arse. Um, <laughs> I've been watching too much Peaky Blinders. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's goofy. Um, I guess it, it's impressive. I, yeah. I, I'll say that. Um, I think I think you probably could have spent your time learning something better. You know, than 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 you know, cycling around on 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 one wheel like you're trying to join the circus in the 1920s. I don't know. Are, are okay. you are are you judging anyone who you see on a unicycle? That's the question that, that, that I, I think is the key question here. Uh, as a, as a fairly judgmental person, I probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably, yeah. Like what, what is this guy doing with his life or, or, yeah. or female, but I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever seen like in, in real life, a female riding a unicycle. I think it's a, it's been a very male dominant thing. I think we need more females riding unicycles out there. It, it's, it's so male dominated that the whole, the whole enterprise should be canceled. You know, uh, yeah, I'm not against opinion. it. I'm not against it. Next question at R.S. Romanowski, which classic food at a summer barbecue is actually terrible? <laughs> well, I could say coleslaw can be wretched. It can be bad. I, it, it, if it's too mayo-y. Yeah, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. oh. that's true. I, you know what? I, I'm just going to say it and it's going to be controversial and Denny's especially going to hate it. I'm not a big corn on the cob fan. I'm not a big corn on the cob fan. This is such an attack. It's just, uh, it's just not very, like if I'm going to eat corn on the cob, which I, I don't think corn's that great to begin with. Like it's just, 
it's not even like nutritious. It's just not, this is, this is JJ 2.0 talking Denny. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah. Like... <laughs> it's, it's just not, it's not very nutritious. It doesn't add that much flavor. It's not that good. And then you're telling me I got to eat something that's very mediocre that where stuff's going to get like stuck in my teeth and stuff. Like I don't want like my hands are going to like, I either have to use utensils that are weird to hold it up or my hands are going to get all weird and nasty and they're going to touch the corn that I'm then going to put. I mean, it's just not a very, it's not nearly as convenient and good as people think. So one thing people always tell me uh, when I'm eating corn, which is not that often, but I'm not like some weirdo who eats corn every day. Okay. Like, needs but, to Photoshop but, Denny eating corn on a unicycle. What? Oh man. Well, that's definitely happening. I'm going to get at least six of those in my mentions. Yeah. Please. Uh, uh, yeah, I can't stop thinking about that, but the, uh, yeah, if I'm eating corn, some people will tell me, you know, that has no nutritional value uh, to which I'd say, so <clears throat> does the beer you're drinking have nutritional value? <laughs> right. Right. Is, is, is that, do we only consume things that have tr- uh, uh, nutritional value? Uh, and by the way, you just haven't had good corn. That, that, that's my only explanation. Wow. Wow. Never had a good corn Twitter coming at me hard at IRL. Uh, <laughs> next question at golden Graham 41. My one-year-old son copies everything I do. How do I avoid uh, him copying my tilt this upcoming season? I mean, you got to not watch football with your, with your youngins. Uh, if you're, yeah. if you're a tilter, uh, you know, if you're more of a, when you get upset, you just keep it to yourself and you're very silent. That's one yeah. thing. Just don't like, you know, lash out at your child because you're, you're, you know, not, you're just internalizing it all. But if yeah. you're, if you're someone, I mean, I get, I get rambunctious watching, <laughs> watching football on Sundays and I don't want Avery to, to, to take that on at all. All right. All right. I have a good story for this. Just this morning, I was playing a monopoly with Xavier, my son, Xavier, he's eight years old, very, he's, a, he's a, in a monopoly phase right now. We've all been there. We've all gone through monopoly phases. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I I'm being a, serious, but everyone yeah. has had a monopoly phase. Oh yeah, mine was mine was intense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. very very into it back in uh, high school. It was very cool. The girls love me. Um, <laughs> in high school, <laughs> in high school, yes. That he's 17 yes. years old. His, his graduation party is just him hanging out playing monopoly. <laughs> everything i know about well you're not you're almost not wrong uh (laughs) everything i know about capitalism i learned from monopoly um it all makes sense and and that one person can win so the and i'm playing with xavier and he listen i built uh four houses on the yellows uh across all three right he went around the board five times and didn't land on it and landed on the utility that's that's tucked between the yellows wow five times in a row on the fifth one i slapped the the table and i showed my frustration even though you know i which is so idiotic why did i do that but he goes he looks at me he goes wait wait are you really mad (laughs) and i said uh no (laughs) (laughs) he said yeah you are why are you so mad I said, uh, you know what, Xavier, that was that was a bad uh, example, uh, and you you shouldn't you shouldn't get that upset about uh, about Monopoly. But yeah, no, this goes back. You, if you're going to do that while you're watching football, you you've got to find a way to reel it in because I I embarrass myself. Yes, yes. Next question at Swervin 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 Shervin Shervin man. How do you change your strategy? Sorry to get political. Drafting in mid-August versus Labor Day weekend drafts. 
Do you, do you change it all? Um, you know, if you're, I'll say this, I'm more open to the variance of the preseason and injuries and stuff like that. If I'm drafting in like late July, early August or something, you know, I might get a handcuff that I wouldn't get otherwise, um, you know, in, in September or something like that or Labor Day weekend. Uh, so I think that you can change things up that way. But overall, I'm not really drastically changing my strategy. Yeah, I, I just uh, and, and, and maybe um, this question was asked because I, I just wrote a piece on NBC Sports Edge about um, how to approach drafts, you know, three, four weeks before the regular season when we still have a lot of preseason games. We still have a lot of training camp practices, all this stuff where, you know, injuries can happen and, and they will happen. It's just a, it's just a matter of, of, of when. Um, you know, we almost saw that with, with Chase Claypool the other day, oh my which, gosh. you know, Denny, uh, Denny and I are in our, our DM thread <laughs> with, with Rich Rebar and Denny and I are uh, about to just like, like punch a hole it. through the wall. Yeah. yeah. Like, like Andy uh, on the office style. And, and we're just going back and forth, just like feeding off of each other. And yeah. then, and then Rich is like, guys, just wait, just wait, guys, just wait. And Denny and I are like, no, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, yeah, this is done. I'm not playing fantasy football anymore. And then it comes out and he's totally fine. He's fine. And Rich was like, see, yeah. like, shut up, dad. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. Oh, so, so, so I wrote this piece on like how to adjust your drafting and, you know, I tend to really like scoop up a lot of late round running backs who have only have like a hamstring tweak or an ankle turn between them and a starter's workload. Yeah. I highlighted them in the, in the piece, but yeah, I'm, I'm way less likely to take any of those guys. If I'm drafting like two or three days before the season starts. Yeah. Uh, next question at CD Carter 69. This is a okay. deliberate attack against the West coast. And I love it. Here's my question. I don't know what that means. Uh, if you lived in the 19th century, what would be your jobs? Uh, the reason I wanted to keep this on because Denny, I think both of us would be horrific people to just, just, just to survive in the 19th century. What do you mean? Oh, like we, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we would, I would we die of survive. some disease. Yeah, we would die of some disease. We would be, we would be bottom of the uh, totem. I mean, no one would look at us and say, look at these men. I need them to help no. me build a house or I need to help. Like we, we would be toast in the 19th century. Yeah, I was actually, I was watching There Will Be Blood for the, 69th time the other day and i was thinking if i lived in that time um and was like like worked for an oilman no. uh i would be dead within like half an hour of starting that job <laughs> right, like right. I, like something something heavy would fall and it would crush my skull and i would be done uh so yeah very weak <laughs> very yeah. very easily killed in, in in that time frame i always thought uh if if Melissa and I and the family were on the Oregon Trail. Um, I would die of some horrific disease, like within a week of of, of yeah. embarking on the Oregon Trail. And and Melissa would survive and protect the kids and live a long, long life. Like she exactly. she's she's way tougher than I am. This is this is when it goes back to the Phil and Claire thing, Denny. We're we we can both be that role because it's the same deal with mine. It would be the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go with one more question. This is from at the IDP guide, our friend, Joe Redman, who we referenced earlier. Uh, he's one of those crazies that lives in the woods uh, doing, doing IDP. Right. What's your mundane superpower as in what is something that you can do uncannily well that is totally not good for, for crime fighting or world saving? I feel like we might've had this question before, but go ahead. Do you know yours? No, I don't go ahead. My, mine is absolutely uh, remembering any sort of, 
jingle song, whatever it is. Not, not like popular song that was made by a, a good artist. I'm talking like, mm-hmm. like I remember, I'm not kidding you when I say I, I was, so back in fifth grade, I was a big deal. Okay. I was Santa Claus in our Christmas play. Okay. And I remember every song from that chorus play. I remember really? in fourth grade, I remember every song in third grade that we did like a, a, a political, like not political, like a, oh, oh, oh. A, a history, history related thing. There's probably some political slant that I had no idea was, <laughs> but I did like, I remember all of the songs and I remember every song from like every nineties commercial while I watched Nickelodeon on my chair in my living room. I, I remember every jingle. And I think to myself every day of my life, what if that brain power went to something good? Like I, I, I truly genuinely think that I would be one of the top scientists in the world. If I (laughs) used all that brain power for something good. I don't actually believe that, but it, you, you, you could have built a rocket that almost reaches space like the other billionaires, <laughs> exactly, uh, exactly. you know, it would be I amazing. mean, yeah, like it goes really high up in the sky. We'll call it space. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, sorry. I'm bitter. The, uh, um, so my, my, I think my superpower, it, this is horrible. This is all I could come up with on the spot. I'm sorry. It, it also has to do with, with commercials and whatnot. I, I can analyze the hell out of an ad, Uh, whether, whether it's, whether it's in a magazine, which the zoomers don't understand what you look up magazines, uh, whether it's uh, a billboard, you know, whether it's uh, on on TV, especially, I mean, I could talk about a commercial for, for like hours. And Melissa knows this. Melissa is the only one who's ever had to take the, the brunt of this analysis, but I feel like I'm really good at it. So when you, so when you said, uh, space shore, like when, when you were saying like, oh yeah, this is space. Sure. I was thinking to myself, like that should be what their programs are called. Like, <laughs> like, like, like Elon Musk creates space. Sure. Space. <laughs> right. Sure. Why not? We'll go with that. This is, this is space for sure. Like, like, like I could even see like space question mark. Sure. Exclamation <laughs> Right. You're going to space for uh, 47. No, it's more than that. It's like, what is someone, someone paid like $16 million to go on that trip and they didn't go. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the people who, like, like the what, Branson and, and Musk and, and uh-huh. all these guys who are like going, like you can go to a simulator and do that exact same thing. Yeah. I mean, you, what, that there. you, you save, you save several million dollars. And you billion dollars, and you go, you go that direction. I, I don't. I also don't want to hear the supporters. I mean, it's fine if you want to support them, whatever. Uh, but, <laughs> but like the, the people who are like, like this is going to be really important in like fifteen years. Like these billionaires that are doing this, no. what they're doing is going to be really, really important. No, incorrect. This is an escape plan, guys. Do you not? <laughs> yeah, do you not exactly. get that? Exactly. Are we not understanding this much that that this is not to advance the cause of humanity? This is to get my ass out of the, the, the earth as, as it implodes over right. the next you know few decades. That, 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 that's what it's all about. How can we not be honest about that? Elon Musk wants to be Adam uh, of Adam and Eve. Like that, that's what once right. humanity is done, Elon Musk is restarting it with, with if his you're not yet. Yeah, and if you're not on that ship, good luck. Good luck to us. Yeah. It's, it's crazy times. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's show. Denny, why don't you let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. At CD Carter 13, 
on Twitter, and uh, you can find all my work at NBCSportsEdge.com, including uh, in the draft guide. I have several articles, uh, strat- strategic articles in the draft guide. Draft guide. Sorry to get political. I'm on Twitter at Late Round QB. I've got another podcast, the Late Round Podcast, which you can find anywhere podcasts can be found. Denny, I don't, I don't do dairy anymore. We've talked about this. We need to find a new. Uh, maybe there's like a, a a place to get like vegan uh, milkshakes or something like that. And what, white claw. That. Uh, I'll do white claw. I've been drinking white claws again. So yeah, I could, uh, yeah. yeah I I'll do, share I, a white claw with you. I mean, I'll get hammered off of half of that white claw. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be great. All right, guys, thanks for listening. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about